Father, we come to you this morning as your people. And we know that there is nothing that can satisfy the human desire as much as you. And that's how when we sang and we said that as the deer pines after the water brook, so our soul pines after you. Lord, our desire is to encounter you. Our desire is to drink from that well, that water that does not run dry. Lord, we can hear many things and forget them. But this morning, we are asking that may you hook our ears to your heart that we might hear what you are saying to us. Even in this short period, Father, we don't want to be distracted, but we want our heart to focus on you. Lord, we pray against any form of distraction that might want to take the attention of your people away from you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is why I had it projected. You see, it says, your kingdom comes swiftly. So when I read that, I say, your kingdom comes swiftly. Uh, wait, is this saying that Everyone should just come now and everything should end and we should go to heaven. I was pausing. So when I looked again, it says, your will be done the same. Okay? On earth as it is in heaven, let your heaven come to earth. As it is in heaven, let heaven come. And then I paused. I say, let heaven come. We want heaven to come. Do we actually know some of the things that are in heaven? And one of the things that first struck me is, do we actually know that there is no alcohol sales in heaven? And if there is no alcohol sales, it means that our beauty will close down. And then what happens to the money that we get from our beauty? I say, wait, do we actually understand what we are singing? Because if heaven should invade earth, you can't be drinking your alcohol again. You can't be going to the pub again. They will close down. Are we actually understanding that we are asking God to do something that we ourselves might end up complaining and say, but our government, we used to have alcohol. What is happening to alcohol now? Do you know? And I'm not playing, praying, I'm not preaching against alcohol now, but I'm saying, do you know that the number one company that makes the most money in South Africa is the SABS, right? You know. So if we are praying, that your kingdom come, the pubs might be closed down. And if the pub gets closed down, those who are our brothers and sisters who are working, they might not have a job for some time. I don't know whether you understand this, but let me tell you something. A man called John Knox, and this is not in my PowerPoint, please. A man called John Knox, you know, he, he was one of the people in the reformation time praying and this is something that was said to him about him i'll read for you here he says john knox prayed and it is said that the queen of scotland broke out in a cold sweat three times a day it happened during john knox prayer times because of his prayer and his life nearly the whole of scotland was converted to god 
This is one of the times in history when most of the nation came to repentance in a short time. In an encounter with the queen, not one said to her, Madam, the sphere of my service supersedes the sphere of your service. Now, I don't know what happened. Yesterday, I decided to look at Scotland and alcohol in Scotland. But I couldn't make sense of it today. So I said, okay, let me just discard it. So now, when this came in, I went back again and looked at it. And I just want to read something to you. Alcohol um, cost Scotland 3.6 billion pounds a year in health, social care, crime, productive capacity, and wider costs. Alcohol cost the health sector service in Scotland 267 million a year, pounds a year. The cost of alcohol-related crime, the cost of alcohol-related crime, that is the crime committed by people who become intoxicated by alcohol, is 727 million pounds a year. What I'm saying is this. 400 years ago, 500 years ago, nearly the whole of Scotland became converted. And pubs were closed in Scotland. But this age, 400 years after, Scotland is the number one country where alcohol has caused more havoc than anywhere. What happened? I want us to understand this. Because when everyone invades a place, everything changes. So when we are singing and saying, God, visit us. If God decides to visit you and I in this city of Durban, if God decides to visit us, we must understand that it is in response to our prayer and things might not go the way you want it. So that is why I'm saying, do you actually understand? Do we understand what we are singing? Because when John Knox was praying and said, God, give me Scotland or I die. And God said, okay, you want Scotland? I'll give you Scotland. And he gave it to him. And he said, that is one of the few times in history that nearly a whole nation came to repentance in a short time. But fast forward, years after. So I want us to understand this because when we tackle issues like the, the crime rate or things caused by alcohol in Scotland, and we don't have an understanding of what has happened in history, we think that Scotland just was bad, and they chose to be bad. But it's not about that. It's that some people prayed for a change. And perhaps now no one is seeing a need for the kingdom of God to come there. So when we are singing, I want us to know that it might cause what we call some economic shift in our nation. And this is just one side. I've not spoken about areas like prostitution. I've not spoken about areas like abortion. And this is not my message today, but I'm just saying that do we actually understand what we are praying for? You see, the kingdom of God, the Bible says the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, it says the kingdom of God is not in word. You can put the PowerPoint. The kingdom of God is what? Not in word. Words. 
Now, Strong says that word we are talking about is not in your thoughts. It's not in what you said. It's not about, let's bring a topic in our university called the kingdom of God. And then we'll begin to do courses titled the kingdom of God 1, kingdom of God 2. Kingdom. That is not the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is not in word. He's not talking about the word of God here. It's not in word, but in what? In power. That word power is translated force. Literally or figuratively. Do you understand? Force. When the Bible says, from the time of John the Baptist until now, Matthew eleven twelve, the kingdom of God forcefully advanced. It is with power. And this power is not the power that comes by going to the gym. This power is a power that comes supernaturally. This power comes from the place of prayer. I want us to understand this. Because when we are praying, when we are speaking, and say, God, we want your kingdom. God sometimes looks at us and says, son, do you actually know what you're asking me to do? Because we have seen in scripture men who say, God, I'm fighting a battle. And I've not finished. And the sun is going down. But this battle is not complete. I want you to hold the sun. That seems strange. That is Joshua. And the Bible says, God had the sun. And it's not that we read it in Bible. In history, the sun was had for almost a whole day, 24 hours. And I remember some years ago when I was in a place, scientists were doing some studies on climate change. And they were bringing data over thousands of years ago. They said there is a gap in, in, in history where the sun did not go down. And when they calculated it, they realized that it was for 23 hours, 40 minutes. And that was when somebody who was a Christian said that is when it coincided with what was recorded in the Bible. So I want us to understand the power that our words carry. So that when we are singing or when we are saying to God, God, move. Let there be a shift. We understand that this shift might not be a comfortable one. It might take us out of our comfort zone. I want to play a video that I wanted to play at the end. But I want us to understand this man was praying. It's a video we show in intercession once in a while. This man is praying. He's been praying in the background. Something happened in his school that he's been praying. And the lecture was disrupted. And you will see how the lecture was disrupted. Evie, please pray for us. Grant, are you not aware of what's going on outside in the field? What? You might want to come check this out. Mitch decided to bring his Bible class outside today. After he started teaching, Matt Prater stood up and accepted Christ as his Lord. It was awesome. He started confessing stuff from his life. He started asking his friends for forgiveness. Next thing we know, Bob Duke stands up and does the same thing. Kids start breaking up into groups. 
They begin to pray for each other. They begin to ask forgiveness for sins that they committed. This has been going on for three hours. How did you not know what was going on? I'll take you right now. You see, it says this has been happening for three hours. Do you know the implication of that? This is a school. It means that lectures stop. You know, someone said, God told him as a teacher in the school, give me one hour of your time every day to pray for the school. And he was praying one hour every day. And the day God decided to move, he said they had to close the school for one week because the children, there were confessions coming out. Three hours. This is a school, you understand? This is a picture of a school in the state. Maybe we think, let me just juggle our minds a little. Maybe we think that some places are evil and they can't change. But let me tell you, New York City, which is like the center in U.S., there was a time in history when people used their break time to run to the church to pray for that one hour. C.S. Spurgeon used to have a congregation of about 10,000 people, and they would minister in the morning, minister in the evening, and these are working people. Every spare time they come, they have, they run to the church. But when we get to Europe, and the, to the UK and some of these places, and we see that the mosque is taking over the churches. What happens to our heart? Do we actually feel something and say, God, something is wrong? Or do we say, oh, these UK people, they don't like Jesus? Do you think it is about you liking Jesus? Or that some people spend hours praying? For you. I don't know the direction this message is going to go, but please forgive me, whichever direction it goes. You know, I had the privilege of being with some people in back in Nigeria, and this was about twelve years ago, and they took the flag of every nation, every nation that they could find. Mostly, even in Africa, the flag, and they add it up. And we were praying from, this is not, this, just to give you an idea, this is a people, this is a, this was like maybe a place where we probably have 5,000 people. Packed, and we're praying from 10 at night 
stay at night, not talking, praying, till eight in the morning, lifting up the flag of every nation. And when I came to South Africa, and one day I was preaching in Ard, and something happened, and all the people started praying, and they, I wrote to them, I say, just for you to know that God is doing something with your prayer. And I'm not saying they are the only one that is praying. There are thousands of Christians praying. But I want you to know that whenever we see the move of God break forth in a place, it's not because people have been sitting down or just talking or just saying nice things. It's because men have been praying. And when I say men, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about people, men and women, those who have been moved by the art of God to pray. So when we say, thy kingdom come, it is an intercessory prayer. It is an intercession. It is not different from prayer as a unit. It's an aspect of prayer. And just like Pastor Lindo spoke about adoration, petition is an aspect of prayer. So my heart for us today is that we will not spend all the time here just listening to this. But in the next 10 minutes or so, we'll be on our feet praying. Because I might never have an opportunity here again, I don't even know when that will have so much people in the room to pray together. Because if it's a Thursday prayer meeting or whatever, we can't have people like this. But today we'll pray. Because our prayer is powerful. If we are desiring a change in our nation, you know, let me just tell you something. You know, when some people come to me and they say there is maybe the, 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 the breaking the house of people who are doing prostitution, who are doing these drugs, trafficking, and they are bringing them out, and some people want to target xenophobia or whatever they want to target, my heart is that if we are praying that God break the stronghold of drug trafficking, Break the stronghold of prostitution. Break the stronghold of child trafficking. And they begin to bust those people. And then we are being sentimental again. I won't be sentimental. Because God is responding to my prayer. If we want to be sentimental then, don't let us pray again. If you want to live in sentiment, then don't pray. Because if you are going to pray, God will do something. And if God is going to do something, He's going to bust those people. And if they happen to be close to us, then so be it. Because we prayed for it. Except we don't want a change. And if we don't want a change, then we can't complain. Because if we, you know, Martin Luther King says something. The world is full of evil. Not because of those who do evil, but because of those who sit. And they do nothing. We don't pray. We don't fast. We are not doing anything and we are saying, God, ah, if there is evil. Of course there will be evil because evil is natural. Do you grow weed? Weed grows naturally. So why do you expect good from a seed that is corrupted? You have expectation from a, from a bad seed. Which expectation? The seed of man without God is corrupted. So how do you want a corrupted seed to produce good. And then we say, no, the world is evil. Yes, the world will be evil. 
Because the people in it, they are living contrary to God. God did not have evil in him. God did not create evil. If you want to see a perfect system, then we should go back to, to the Garden of Eden and see if we have to worry about crime. If we worry, have to worry. Murder only started after the fall of man. Two of us. <laughs> Murder started. Yes, true. You said it. I want us to know this. Because my job today is not to, 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 to put some information in our head. We know we have this information. My job today is to tell us to know that if we really want a change, we must be willing to bend on our knees and pray. We must be willing to call upon God. It's not your prayer that for, for, for when you're going to, to, to uh, rush into to your place of work and say, God, protect my car. That is not what we, we, we save the world. That is not what we bring about changes that we are praying for. We look at our parliament and we say, oh, these people, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are behaving somehow. Take them away. Put another people. They can still do the same. In Nigeria, we have them throwing, throwing, throwing uh, chairs against themselves in a particular time. And these are old people. It's not a matter. And this, some of these people are educated. Education is not the problem. It's not the solution. We will have education. You understand? But we are seeing that something must change in the place of prayer. Now, I must say this before I move on. This prayer we are talking about is not a once-off thing. Even though we're going to pray today. It's not a once-off thing. You know, I will just share something for, with you. Uh, it says... George Muller began praying for five of his friends. He prayed, I used to say this to DMC class, he prayed five years before the first one was converted. For the next one, he prayed 10 years. For the third one, 25 years. For the fourth, nearly 50 years. The last one was converted after 52 years at George Muller's funeral. Do you understand? Five of his friends, five of his friends, it was said that he noted down 50,000 answered prayer, answers to prayer. He said God answered all his prayers. Five of his friends, first one, five years, the second, ten, the third, 25 years. How long have you prayed for a change? How long? We pray for, 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 for a change for one week. And there is no change. I will say, God, we've been praying. Look at, we've been praying. <laughs> I want us to go to our text. Bible says in Luke 11, it says, And it came to pass, and as he was praying, when he ceased, they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. And Bible says, And he said to them, when ye pray. Now I want us to understand. He did not say, if ye pray. He said, when ye pray. We are expected to pray. The time you will pray might be one in the morning, it might be whatever it is for you, but we are expected what? To pray. When ye pray. You cannot say this when you are, when you are not ready to pray. 
You see, the Lord's prayer has become normal. We just say it. We say it. That's how we're taught. But he said, when you pray, when you pray, he says, now I want us to understand some key things here. The disciples, it's not because they were not praying before. Read that scripture very well. It says, come, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now the first thing I noticed is this. These disciples knew that John taught his disciples. Now how would they have known? Because they have interacted with them. Now you must remember that Andrew, who later became the disciple of Jesus, was once a disciple of John. Right? We know that. Andrew, the brother of Peter. So, there must have been something that happened whereby they, they, they realized that the way their friends is praying, their, their praying is different from the way they used to pray. And they say, come, friend. How, who taught you how to pray like this? He says, John. John. Okay. And they went to Jesus. They observed Jesus. And it's not once. The Bible says, at one time, just read. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. If you read another version, it was at a certain time. So he's been praying. They've been observing him. But maybe as the interaction was going on, they realized that Jesus is praying in a different way than we used to know prayer. There's something. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They could have done one thing. That is, they might have tried to imitate Jesus and just sit near beside him and try to demonstrate as he's praying. You know, something happened some years ago when my, my daughter was still a little bit small. Maybe a fellow I was probably three, three, between two and three. And I would wake up, and she used to wake up much early, maybe five. And she would walk out of the room I didn't know, and she would kneel beside me. And as she kneels beside me, you know, she would be, ah, ah, ah. I, I was not, I, you know, I, I didn't really know. My wife now told me that, you know, just be careful and observe, you know, so that this child does not begin. When you say, come and pray, say, you don't know what the child is saying, but he's just imitating me. The child has no understanding of what I'm praying. You see, the disciples could have done that. They could have just kneeled beside Jesus and said, Ah, that's a castle. But they, they knew that, wait, something is different. And they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And what Jesus gave to them, sometimes we think is a formula, it's not a formula. It is a process. And sometimes we think it's just if we recite it two minutes, that is just a two-minute prayer. It's not a two-minute prayer. Because we know that Jesus used to pray all night. In fact, before he chose his disciples, the Bible says he prayed all night. Now, let me tell you something. You can't pray a personal prayer all night. If all your prayer point is, God, give me money, give me shoe. How long will you pray that for? How long? How long? How long can you pray that for? I, I, I can't pray, give me shoe for one hour. Except I'm saying the same thing. How would you pray that? Even if it is your need, it will get exhausted. After how many times? If men ought to pray and not to faint, 
It means it, the component of our prayer must not only be give me. There must be intercession. There must be standing in gap. Saying, God, do something in my city. Do something in my campus. Do something with the unsaved in my class. Do something with the unsaved in my family. Lord, will you just move in the heart of my lecturer? This is what it means when it says their kingdom come. It says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. It is what? In righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want us to look at a few examples I will run through in the scripture where you see intercession. And we understand the place of intercession because sometimes we want to do things in the flesh of man. You know, UN, and I'm not saying I have anything against UN, but I was reading an article few few days ago, or sometimes last week, and UN is saying there is a crisis, there might be a crisis of 20 million people that will starve without food in coming from South Sudan, Nigeria, that's uh, from the northeast of Nigeria, and um, maybe Somalia and one other country. 20 million people, children that will starve. That since the inception of UN, they have never had anything like that. Just four, and this is not the whole nation. These are just four people. And in southern Sudan, just for you to have an idea, maybe two, two thirds of the population are going to be affected. Now, that problem will never be solved continuously through just giving of food. Giving of food. How long are we going to give food? There is a, a, a power that is actually causing problems in those nations. One of it I'll run through is Moses, Aaron, and Hall. Bible says in Exodus chapter 17, it says the Amalekites came to the Israelites and they wanted to fight. And Moses said to Joshua, go out and fight. I will go up to the mountain. And the Bible says, as Moses lifted up his hand, the Amalekites were being defeated. That is, the Israel, Joshua was winning. But the Bible says, when he laid down his hand, what was happening? They were losing the battle. The Bible says, when Aaron and all realized this, this is a spiritual realm. They went up to the mountain. It's not the same war front. Where they are fighting battle is not. So it's not as if they can say, call me, call me. You know, okay, how is the battle doing now? Okay, it's fine. Okay, let's pray. No, it was a spiritual thing. They understood that something is happening in the realm of the spirit. As Moses' hand goes down. And they say, let's lift up his hand. And the Bible says, and they lifted up Moses' hand until the Amalekites were completely destroyed. And God said something to Moses. He says, write this down as a memorial to Joshua. Why? So that Joshua will understand that the battle was not won because the men were men of valence. No, it was won in the place of prayer. And that is the same reason why Joshua will say, God, please stop the sun. If we understand what God has done in the past in prayer, don't let us think that, because, that we, we have what we have now. The wife and everybody sitting together because... Because we, we, we are so perfect in negotiating. No. It is because people have been praying and say, God, do something in South Africa. 
I can't read for you here in that book, but there are people who have been praying, thousands who are not South Africans and people who are South Africans who are praying 24 hours, saying, God, do something in this nation. The war of Jericho will never fall because you know how you, you can shoot missiles. No. Do you know how big the war of Jericho was? The war of Jericho was so big that it was recorded that two horsemen can ride on it without touching each other. Do you understand? Maybe you don't know. You think it was just a war that you built. No. It's a war that somebody built his own house. Rhea built on that wall. Do you know that? Do you know how big that wall we have been? For somebody to build the house on the wall. And that wall came down. I want us to stand and pray. There is no point continuing. Let's pray. Let's rise and pray. The last slide of what we are going to pray on. Let's, 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 the last slide there. Let's stand and pray. Let's stand and pray. The first thing you are going to pray for is yourself. You are going to pray that God, Bible says in Zechariah 12, verse 10, it says that I'll pour on the inhabitants of Israel the spirit of grace and prayer. In another version, it says spirit of grace and supplication. What is it that you and I want God to do for our nation? Do you really want this change? Do you actually want to see a change in our nation? Or are we just saying it? Is it just a word of mouth? Something nice to say. I want us to pray. If you can't pray, nothing will happen. God has never done anything. Caught me anywhere. God has never done anything in history except men pray. God said, tell Ezekiah, he's, he's prepare his house, he's going to die. And the Bible says he turned and he prayed. And when the prophet was going out, God sent him back and tell him that he will not die again. Do you think the prophet was lying before? But he prayed and God changed his mind on that issue. He said, God, if you find 50 people, will you still destroy? He said, no. 40? He said, no. Do you know, I, I can't say this again, but I want us to understand what happened in that conversation. Maybe you don't understand that God came down in that conversation of Moses. God came down because there were three people and only two went eh? and the thought stood with him. Maybe some other day we will have time for that. And it was God that he was speaking to. He was exchanging, he was interceding. He said, ten. He said, no. Do you know that if they are found ten, they will not destroy that place? God said, go, I'm going to destroy Nineveh. You understand? And he preached. Do you think they changed because of the preaching of that man? What did he preach? Nothing. He said, 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Is that how you preach? That will change a nation? No. But God was moving. The Bible says, they fasted, they and their animals. How do animals fast? I don't know. You can go and check. Let us pray. Start by praying for yourself. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's pray in the Spirit. Pray that God we pour upon you the spirit of grace and prayer in the name of Jesus. That God will move you in your own heart to pray. Until you start to pray, nothing will happen. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we desire your kingdom to come. But we know your kingdom will not come in word. It will come in prayer. It will come in power. We pray, Father, that you will touch our own heart. You will pour upon us the spirit of grace.
the spirit of grace and of prayer. That we will be men and women of prayer. That we people who are given to prayer in the name of Jesus. That we will not be people who run away from the place of prayer. That when we call prayer, we are not there. But we will be people who pray in our rooms. Who pray at every opportunity that we have. For your kingdom to be established in our nation. For changes to occur in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray for our spiritual workers, those who work in the spiritual field, that God's protection upon them. Let's pray for the teams and ministry leaders. They are in spiritual, they are in the front. They are in the front. The enemy does not want the kingdom of God to advance. The kingdom advance by force. The kingdom has been advancing by force. There is no other system that has been, been targeted like the church. No, there is no other. But the church is still standing. He said, I will build my church. And the gate of hell will not prevail. Why? Because my people will pray. He said, I'll pray for you that you will not be moved. Oh God. Help us. In the name of Jesus. Help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus, Father. Our desire is that you protect our leaders. You will help them. In the name of Jesus. Help our leaders, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Just a minute of pause, church. I have to say this to us. So that we understand where we are praying for the church. And the church and the congregation. This is what I believe. The Bible says... Herod in Acts stretched forth his hand against the church and he picked James and after he killed him he realized that the people were happy with it and he went and stretched forth his hand to take Peter the Bible says that but prayer was being made on behalf of Peter read your Bible very well there is no account there is no record that prayer was being made when James was taken. I believe, and I always believe, that the reason why Herod succeeded in killing James was because the church did not pray. But let me just help you to understand what will have happened. As I was reading that scripture again, I paused and I said, God, what was the enemy's target? I realized that the three men who were closest to Jesus was James Peter and John. And if he killed James, he killed Peter. The next person was what? John. And what will happen? Finished. If you don't understand that it will finish, when John said, when Peter said in John chapter 20, he said, 21, he said, I'm going fishing. The Bible says, seven of the disciples, they say, we are going with you. And Jesus had to come back again. I said, John, Peter, do you love me more than this? These were supposed to be critical people in the setting up of the church. And the Bible says that night, that night, that night, that it was supposed to bring him up the second day to kill him, something happened. I don't want us to go into whether they were praying in faith or they were not praying in faith. But I have seen, the Bible said they were, prayer was being made continuously. 
continuously. I want us to pray for the church. I want us to pray for the church and the congregants. The enemy tries to target the head. Let us pray. I want us to pray from that place of understanding that God, you know, we raise our leaders. They will give them boldness to speak fearlessly. There are so many messages being said by pastors. And it's not going to change that some pastors have been preaching lies. But the fact is this. The kingdom of God must be established. And if we don't pray, you understand? It will be like Joshua, what happened after? The Bible says another generation rose up and knew nothing about God or what he has done. And we must pray. Let us pray. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray that God will move. God's protection will be upon them. Let's pray. Let's pray that the, the let's pray for the city that the strongholds of the enemy will be broken. Let's pray that the church, in the midst of all the, the, the things that is being thrown at the church, the church will embrace this, the church will embrace that, the church will embrace that. Only the church. You try to inconvenience the church, it's not the government, it's the it's the enemy. Why don't they do that to, to, to the other religion? They don't. They do that to, to the church. Father, help us. We you help our leaders in the name of Jesus. Let's pray for our city. Let's pray. There are so many things going on in our city. They won't change by you and I talking. They won't change by another policy. The kingdom of God has to invade that place. Father, we ask that you will break the strongholds of sexual immorality in our city. Father, you will break the stronghold of child trafficking in the name of Jesus. You will break the stronghold of prostitution and many other things. Drug, illegal drug, things that have destroyed our youth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray for South Africa as a nation that God will give wisdom it says, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. It says, I will, you know, that you plead first for all men, for kings and those in authority, that we might live a peaceful life. Lord, help us. Give our leaders wisdom to make the right decision. You know, you are the one that taught, can touch the heart of the king and the prince. Touch the heart of our leaders. Lord, we pray that you will break down every principality that tries to infiltrate the minds of our leaders that tries to corrupt their minds into doing that which is wrong in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. I want you to join hands with your neighbor. This is the last prayer. Uh, my time is up. Uh, they told me my time is up and I'm aware. But I have to read this to us. This is what happened. You see, I don't want us to go with the idea that intercession is about one man or one woman changing. That was what it was like in the Old Testament. You have Moses, you have Daniel, but that was not what it was in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it was supposed to be the church praying. You understand? It was supposed to be a collective effort. Because if one can chase 10,000, two can put, you know, one, a thousand, two, ten thousand, then you cannot imagine what we can all do. So that is one thing I want you to go up with. That is not about one person. It is about a collective effort. So I will read a place for us in two kings. And this is our heart desire. In two kings. The Bible says, then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant. 
as my Lord sees. But the water is bad, and they can bury. And we know what happened. He said, bring me a new cruise. And he poured salt. The Bible says, we are the salt of the world. He poured salt, and the water was healed. I wish I had time to tell you what that ground symbolizes. That ground, in the Greek word, and in the way it was expanded, means the city, the nation, the country. They will say our ground has become barren. That barrenness is not only a barrenness that I can't give back to child. No, it's that our youth, they've been destroyed. When drugs destroy our youth, what is our future? We will become a barren nation because we have become unproductive. That is what he's talking about. I want us to pray again for our city. That is our last prayer point. I say, God, every stronghold of the enemy that is trying to use to destabilize and destroy the future of our youth, try to send them on the street and you have people going mad, the Father expose it and let all those be destroyed in the name of Jesus. I don't know who is financing them. I don't know who is making money from that source, but God must work. These are our last prayer points. Father, in the name of Jesus. Join hands with your friend. Father, our heart desire is that you will walk in our city. You will destroy every struggle, every source of finances. Those who are making money from child trafficking, drug trafficking, illegal sales of drugs to our, our youth, destroying lives, destroying the next generation, making them unproductive. Oh, Father, we are praying that you will break their struggle. You will expose them. You will destroy all the sources in the name of Jesus. Give our leaders strategies on how to tackle those issues in the name of Jesus. Rise men and women with desire to see a change. Men and women who will stay on their knees praying that God give us double. Give us double in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is our heart cry. We lift up our nation to you. We say, Father, enough of destroying our youth. Enough of destroying our children. Enough of sending our kids to, 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 to another nation for money making. Lord, we are standing in gap. And we are saying, this evil must stop in our time. It must stop in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to be people who will stand, not just today. But we stand until we see a change in our time. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Uh, there was a, a great time of prayer and intercession.